On this episode of AV Week, we take a look at the numbers of Infocom 2022 and what verified attendees mean. Also taking a look at cybersecurity and the AV industry. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 566, recorded Friday, June 24th, 2022. Verified AV. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, one of the main AV queens and an incredible human being. Her name is AV Dawn, and I can't say where she works. How are you, ma'am? Uh, I've been better, but I'm pretty good. <laughs> I would like to point out that Dawn is sick, like sick, sick, <laughs> and she's still joining us. So thank you, ma'am. It's I the AV it. life. <laughs> It is indeed. You, you think you escape and they, they drag you back in. Sharath <laughs> uh, Abraham, uh, currently working for Accenture. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm currently in a phone booth style space at our office. Uh, and I don't know if I like it or not. Let's see how long I can stay in this. <laughs> I like phones, dude. I really do. And it might be my age because I'm old enough to remember actually using real phone booths. So maybe that's it. Or it's a Superman know. thing. It feels claustrophobic. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Joel Norris uh, joins us again. Uh, he is from Sure uh, up Chicago way. Welcome, sir. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much for having me, Tim. Good to see you again. Uh, working Absolutely. from home, as most of us are. So, indeed. yeah, things are well. Awesome. All right. Uh, three of you were at Infocom, so that's our first story. Comes to us from our friends over at AV Network and SCN. The official uh, Infocom 2022 numbers have been released, and they are, or a drum roll, please, 19,681 verified attendees from over 110 countries, all 50 states, and 522 exhibitors. A couple of things uh, here really quickly. First of all, the 522 exhibitors, that is still down uh, from the, 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 the 2019, which let's say that's the last pre-pandemic, was the last pre-pandemic show. Uh, that, those numbers were a little bit over 1,000 um, um, exhibitors. But the thing I want to hit on here, and, and Don, I'm going to start with you on this. Um, the the 19,000, I'll be nice and I'll round up to, to 20,000, what they're calling verified attendees. Now, I said this at the end of ISE, they had roughly 50,000 verified attendees. The reason I can't compare and contrast ISE's pre-pandemic numbers to that those 50,000 and Infocom's pre-pandemic numbers, which was around 40 to 43,000, because of that word verified, and I'm incredibly excited the fact that they're using it right. and that they're doing it. Understand my day job is I'm, I'm CMO of, of, of CTI out of St. Louis. We have a booth. I'm responsible for it. I got to pay money on it. You know, I, 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 matter of fact, I've already just, I, I just this week uh, selected our booth space for Orlando. So I have a, a vested interest in that, that, that number there now, right? Uh, and Joel, <laughs> we're going to get his perspective on this too. But the verified part is non-exhibitors, right? This is, these are people who actively 
are registering and they're coming through the door, that means 20,000 people. That were the, that That is the baseline. That is the number of audience that Joel and I had to capture. Now I can compare and contrast that with how many scans I had, how many connections I got, how many leads I had, I got. Don, from your perspective as an engineer now, but even before that as, as an integrator, what does this, this move to the verified word mean to you guys? Well, I mean, on the one hand, it definitely takes away that level of padding, you know. It, 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 it's one of those little marketing tricks. Wait a back, well, I mean, back when I was in marketing, you know, it was one of those little tricks. Like, if you work for a little mom and pop company and you get to beef your numbers up to compete against the big boy, big boys, you add up the number of years each of the people that worked for you has been in the industry. It's like, with over a hundred years of experience, you know, I mean, little tricks like that, it, it, it's it's fluff. You know, and those of us that know marketing, we know it's fluff. The fact that they're giving you verified numbers, though, that's a hard metric. That's an actual number that you can rely on. And if I may go one step further, one thing I noticed, and again, anecdotally, but I took a lot of classes this year on Tuesday and then taught a couple on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I will say not just the number of verified users, but the, the, the quality or the the makeup of those users was significantly changed since before the pandemic. Before the pandemic, it seemed, in my experience, most of the attendees walking around the floor were integrators or consultants, which, you know, I was an integrator. That was fine. That was great. Those were my peeps, you know. Occasionally, you'd run against an end user, and it was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> this year, seriously, every class that I took and every class that I was waitlisted on it was full of end users. And so that tells me a couple of things, that corporations are starting to realize the value of AV and sending their IT folks to shows like ours to get that education. And they're starting to hire more of us, case in point, away from the AV world to work internally to bring that knowledge and skill set to their companies and then sending them to the shows representing the end users. And I think that if we could have a separate number on that, in addition to here's verified, here's the exact makeup of those verified, that would be really interesting. But I, I think it's a much more valuable metric. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm very excited they're starting to report it that way. One of the things that we have had in the past, and I don't remember exactly where in the, in the timeline it comes down, is we do typically get that breakdown a, a month or two, sometimes six months after the fact. So I will be interested as well because the last few shows, uh, including last October's, was about 30%, 30 to 33% uh, was what was determined to be end users. Uh, so that will be. Yeah. I, uh, when so, you get that number, share with me because I'd like absolutely. to know literally absolutely. every person I was waitlisted with in two or three different classes were all, all of us were end users, every single one. So, and there was a big waitlist group. Uh, Sharath, you, you've run the gamut and I, um, you know, you've worked for manufacturer. You also worked at an integrator. Um, what is this, this move to looking at exactly how many people are are going to the show as attendees rather than kind of putting everybody in a bucket. What does that do for you? Um, I, I think it kind of allows me to show value uh, to, I guess, Accenture leadership uh, of what type of event this is. Because if you think about end user companies that Don mentioned, um, they go to shows like CES and well-known shows like South by Southwest. Uh, and I think at, 
actually having those verified numbers, you can show that as a write-up to your leadership for the company you work on and say, hey, look, this is the actual number of verified attendees. That means you know there should be representation uh, for me to be there. Because coming at Accenture, I was like, hey, I have to go to Infocom. They're like, what is that? And and I had to kind of explain to my leadership what it was. I was like, this is an event. I have to be there. Um, this is where I learn about all the updates for the new audiovisual products, possibly new software. Um, this is going to essentially help my job at Accenture uh, to provide solutions to our clients that we help with, but also internally as well, because no one from Accenture was actually going to Infocom. And Accenture is a company that has 700,000 employees with offices everywhere. So who is making the decisions on future state of work if no one is going to a show such as Infocom to look at all the newer products coming out in the future? So now uh, it's still on my to-do list. I have a report to now write up of everything that I saw at Infocom to share with my team internally, as well as write up an article because my boss wants me to write up an article now that I'm going to later publish on medium uh so so there's two nice. the two pieces here right that that number actually gives me uh the the, the proof in the pudding is, is that the term i don't know maybe i, I don't know the, is the all right yes. they the proof in the pudding uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so there's a proof in the pudding right so so with anything in any industry integrated consultant and user uh the numbers are what always matters all right Joel, uh, you and I have both been involved in putting up booths, tearing them down, and manning them for weeks on end. What is this, this, this what I would call, and, and, and somebody can argue with me on, the, on this, but what I would call the real number. What does this finally mean uh, to exhibitors? I think for, for exhibitors and also just manufacturers, as Don mentioned, it, it's taken away the padding, but it has given us some granular detail uh, that allows for better demand planning that sort of incorporates uh, whether we should... Uh, forward or, or focus this booth more towards integrators or end users, it certainly is a, a you know, much less of a number than having just all of the registrants for a particular show. But as, as uh, small as things as allowing for better positioning of certain products in your module, if you know that this many attendees will be showing up even on particular days, Friday, um, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, uh, I would hope that they would get even more granular with detail, as you mentioned, with uh, integrators, be that end users, be that consultants, be that IT managers. The more data that we have, um, it could only be better for, for all of us there at the show. Um, when I was there working the show booth, I, I talked with a number of IT managers, more so than I remember um, from talking with in 2019. Um, more so than end users. Certainly there was that, that steady flow of end users who were coming by the booth. It really depends on what, your, um, what you were showcasing at your booth or what class you were, were, were highlighting there. But that steady flow of, of end users and integrators was a great thing to see. It was good to see everyone collaborating and, and talking together at the show there, even working with other um, manufacturers and booths and talking about products and developing partnerships was great to see. So any data, any granular like breakdown or details within that data can only be good for, for any future shows. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about some, some partnerships you guys have been doing in, in a few minutes. Indeed. One of the things I, I will point out here, and I've gone to an awful lot of trade shows this year, um, Sure, specifically, and, and Sure's a sponsor for Aviation. Nation. This is not, you know, because of that. I just, something to, to point out here, um, Enterprise Connect, ISC, NAB, and then Infocom, all four of those booths, are, were different, right? Because you had a different audience. You had a different perspective. You had a different 
um, group of folks you, you were going after. Indeed, yeah. Uh, and the one that struck me the most was the Enterprise Connect one. Um, it was a smaller space, it's a smaller show, right? But but really you were honing in on on the um, technology, on the network, right? Because that's what the, that audience you know, cares about. So you're right. right, getting that perspective of exactly who's going um, and who's showing up and in, in, in scanning, so absolutely. Um, next uh, uh, article here comes from our friends uh, across the pond at AV Magazine. The meeting owl security vulnerability uh, is raising concerns. From the article, uh, the vulnerabilities were first reported online by Ars Technica. Uh, just for those of you keeping score, this is the third time Ars Technica has highlighted a security issue in an AV product. Uh, I think the last and most uh, famous one was something to do with Batman and a control system panel and the White House. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, but according to the report, uh, the vulnerabilities made it possible for an attacker to find the registered devices, their data, and the owners from around the world. Attackers could also access confidential screenshots of whiteboards or use the owl to get access to the owner's network. My first thought here, uh, and Shira, I'm going I'm to pick on you first, an overarching, and, and this is somewhat snarky, but it's a, it's a genuine question. When the heck is the AV industry going to take security of our devices seriously? Uh, when we stop talking about AV as IT. <laughs> I love you. Um, I mean, that that's the case, right? Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, we just have to just stop talking about it and, and actually get get into the nitty gritty of getting individuals that work for these companies into classes to fully understand, um, you know, the cybersecurity aspect of products you're putting on a network. It's not that we don't have talented and smart individuals in the industry. It's just that the security and IT industry changes so quickly. You can't just learn something one year and expect that person to use that same knowledge for the next five years. So, you know, in additional to that, I rarely see manufacturers and integrators post anything on their career site related to cybersecurity or in their IT posts, right? I never, I rarely see a position on job boards with AV companies that show IT analyst or IT cybersecurity specialist needed. And I've never seen anything under, uh, let's say, a, a product manager that cybersecurity should be something that a product manager should know for a specific product. So I, I think the way you kind of get better at this, because we, the AV industry is lacking in the just the IT world, not cybersecurity, because cybersecurity is one specific aspect of IT, Certainly. right? So, so instead of now choosing cybersecurity, we need to get more talent pool into our organizations to kind of push us to that, right? Because no one's barking saying we need, this is important. There might be one or two people, but what I've noticed in my career is if, I bar if I'm a dog in a room and I'm barking loud with a bunch of people, no one's listening to me. But if I get a couple more people to bark with me, then people will start listening to you. So, so the aspect of that is, is, is with the cybersecurity portion is we need more people and we need companies to be more passionate, not just about cybersecurity, but information technology as well. Uh, and that also goes in the gamut of, of, of programming APIs and, and every little tiny bits and pieces of that. So you can't just hire one person that has an IT background. You need specified people now, not just 
a person that has has IT background, but cybersecurity specialist, API specialist, uh, network specialist, uh, Cisco Cisco switch specialist, right? These are the type of things we need to start thinking about at least in our industry. No, yeah. uh, Joel uh, sure has has over the last let's say ten years evolved from making many making uh, microphones uh to you still make microphones obviously but also developing software and putting things on the network so as Sharath just mentioned you know getting more and more folks on on your employees list but also other ones as well integrators you know certainly getting security folks you know on on the payroll and in our decision making tree would be important you know how do we how do we affect those changes well it's it's a great point from Sharath that saying that it really starts internally, you know, bringing people on board with specific um, uh, qualities and specifications and, and a resume that's uh, full of just uh, an IT security background. But it also points to, it does point to the need in the AV space for manufacturers that we need to be proactive instead of sort of reactive on uh, a number of you know, hacks or things that come into us. I see it being twofold, bringing in outside talent or even um, cultivating the talent that we have to uh, work in the in the network or cybersecurity space. But also, it sometimes will take these outside hacks and these outside companies um, auditing and, and pushing and, and prodding and poking our devices to really um, make a move in the AV industry. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the more that we sort of attack it from all sides, literally, um, either internally by our from who we hire, but also externally, be that through audits and um, reports and, and bringing in the right people. I think it will only be better for, for the AV industry as a whole. As we know, new vulnerabilities are, are out there every single day. Um, they're being developed um, by someone outside there in the world. So we need to be on the forefront of that development as far as hardening our products making it safer for larger, you know, large companies, be that Fortune 500 companies or even small companies, to have the peace of mind that when they place some network device that we've, we've made or even an IoT device that is reaching out to the internet with um, either encrypted or non-encrypted information or sensitive data, they need to be reassured that we have taken this seriously. It's, it's just as, if not more seriously, than the audio side of things. You may have a great sounding mic, but if it's not secure, then it, it may as well you know, not be there in your corporate environment. So the more we take it seriously um, as a manufacturer, uh, the better uh, we are. Yeah, and if, if any manufacturers need a company to pen test their stuff, the center does that. There you go. Uh, Don, one of the things that I was turned on to many, many years ago uh, was a website called Shodan.io. Uh, I am not endorsing or suggesting you do this but you might want to, um, you type in a manufacturer like, let's say, OWL, and it'll show you all the publicly addressable OWLs out there. Um, when you guys look at, again, the, the, the organization that you uh, work for that we cannot name, uh, but you guys are incredibly security, um, in, you, know, you, you take security seriously, how do you go about, like I said, not just pen testing, but putting things through the the uh, the gauntlet to make sure that they're they're safe enough and they're secure enough to put on your network. Well, that's the one benefit of working in the vertical that I do. And even though we're not saying the company name, I do work in the defense, aerospace, federal government space. Um, that's all I'll say about that legally. Um, but 
we have entire dedicated chunks of people, like tons of people, who are cybersecurity experts. We have entire teams whose only job is to vet and bless things that go on our network and which network and which networks and how they connect and how they don't ever connect. So part of what my team does is we actually have to go in and get products that we think will work in our environment. We have to specify which of our environments, what level it would, you know, we have some things that are approved for general use that aren't going here, here, or definitely not here. You know, we have some things that can go the whole way up. But we go through those things. We try to interface with the manufacturers. For the love of God, people, give us ports and protocols documents. And if you don't know what that is, go Google it. No, no. Um, <laughs> and if they don't know what it is, they should get, go Get out away. of business. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> you know, give us this info so that my team internally can do a first pass before we look like idiots going to the InfoSec team and saying, hey, use this product. And they say, ha, okay, if we want to give up all of our secrets to all of these bad actors, you know, it's, it's just a first step to help us. But it's one of those things that if you're in a very secure environment, be it government, be it healthcare, be it heavy finance, um, there's a few others, you already have people on your internal staff to do that. Manufacturers, help us provide us this information. If you don't know this information, figure it out or we're not going to buy your stuff and you're going to start feeling it in your pocketbook. And as more and more of these hacks go public, we're going to see even regular companies that aren't in these super secure environments are paying more attention to this. That you know, af after the big Batman hack that you talked about and the big Target hack back in the day, AV had a whole bunch of cybersecurity panels and everyone was gung-ho about it for a few minutes. And that's when I first learned about ports and protocols documents. Thanks, Paul Zeely. Um, <laughs> but since then, it sort of trickles off. And then occasionally you'll get a class at Infocom on pen testing or about, you know, cyber something, you know. But then it's not a, it's not a priority. And we got to realize it's 2022. The world is smaller than ever. If we've known nothing else from the past five years, people are hacking into places all over, left and right. We need to be aware of it and care about it. You know, I, I can't say anything else other than, you know, my boss and I taught a class at Infocom this year for mainly for integrators, but also manufacturers. And it was a class on user experience and what we're looking for when we're looking for manufacturer and integrator partners. And it was an actual big part of the class was, hey, I, I said, show me your hands. Who knows what a ports and protocol document is? And thankfully, about two, th uh, one one half of the class kind of raised their hand, maybe. And and they weren't like real sure. And I'd say a, a, maybe a third was like fully sure. I was shocked by that. And I told them, look, figure it out. Because we won't hire you if you don't know this. Yeah. You know, and also it's beyond just knowing ports and protocols. It's beyond just getting info from manufacturers. Default passwords. Come on, guys. Come on. You know? <laughs> It's available. We, we, we have a product security at sure.com. If you have any information, we make uh, we try to be as transparent as possible with our ports and protocols. Those are available for most software and hardware Thanks. that we have. And our Sure security overview page, if you haven't seen that yet, it's updated constantly. I work very closely with the security team, so we try to stay on the forefront. And we are on the forefront of that. So. And integrators or manufacturers, if you don't have this, get one. And integrators, if you aren't aware of these, figure it out. And if you are aware of them, 
hey, bring it up when you come in to, you know, do a site visit or present in a proposal. Show that value. Yeah, show that value yeah. as an integrator to say, hey, did you need this document? Because we'll provide it. And I think that that's that's the piece here is, is I know I could talk about tech all day, but we got to somehow connect it to the sales side of things because money talks, right? Um, yeah. So if we're thinking about money uh, and the, the, the time and length of a sale, um, if you're putting a product in your network and you have a client and the client's team, you know, such as Dawn mentioned, their internal team is now testing it. If you provide all that info early on, your sale is now, your sale time is now shorter because they already have that info. Otherwise, yeah. you're now waiting one to two months or three months for the sale to actually get signed because the actual person responsible for with the integrator purchase everything is waiting on the security team for their sign off. So right. if, if, if we want to get people to pay attention, money is time or time is money. Uh, and the faster you get cybersecurity information or just the security protocol information uh, together in a package, the, the faster the sale is. And I mean, true story, the last integrator I worked for before coming to work where I am now, we did a lot of work for companies like where I work now. We did a lot of government work because DC area, you know, everybody does government work here. And we had, we literally, again, thanks Paul Zeely, we won a couple of bids because we went in with almost the same pitch as every other integrator and almost the same price point. I mean, it was one of those, everybody's close, everyone's in the neighborhood, but we actually brought up ports and protocols and being aware of cybersecurity and we got the job because nobody else even mentioned it. And just the fact that we were aware of it made them so excited. They're like, you're the only ones that showed any cognizance that this is an important factor. So come on guys, catch up. Well, and I, I want to point something out. Um, the fact that, that Don has said thanks, Paul Zeely, a couple of different times. Paul is, if you don't know Paul Zeely, um, he, he's a really, really smart um, AV um, uh, teacher, instructor. Um, he has uh, been in the industry for a long time, and he was one of the first classes I ever took uh, when it comes to network and network security. Mm -hmm. um, if you're all coming to Infocom next year now, uh, in 23, and you see a class by Paul, go ahead and take it. Um, and uh, make sure you have plenty of coffee that morning, uh, and you bring a big notebook uh, because it, it is uh, one of those things. Last thing I'll say here, and, and, and we've, we've, we're not going to have time for the last story, so I have, I have enough time to do this. Um, there's an old dear friend uh, of Dawn and I's, um, by the name of Josh Schrago. Uh, he is now a lawyer, former, former uh, CTS guy, uh, was on the CTS um, uh, committee. But this is a passion of his and has been for a long time. Um, and so if you don't follow Josh, uh, follow him, not today, not, not today is a bad day. <laughs> We're recording this on Friday. Um, Supreme court made some interesting decisions this week. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, uh, and so Shrego is, is, is kind of, um, you know, ex expressing some, some frustration there, but Josh is, is a really, really smart, uh, security expert, uh, and has deep, deep roots and deep knowledge of the industry. So, so check him out as well. Um, I think that's how we're going to do. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, Dawn, uh, thank you. How do people connect with you and, and not your, your work that we don't know where you go? <laughs> well, if you see me at shows when I'm not sick, say hi um, or take my classes if I'm teaching them. Uh, you can always find me on all of the socials as AV Dawn or if you're on LinkedIn or very serious, Dawn Mead, M-E-A-D-E, just like the general in the fort. Um, and uh, you can always find me here on AV Nation as much as Tim will let me come on this show and blather on and ostensibly hosting the AV Social Show, which we need to book and schedule and record. But I uh, you had a producer for that. That would be excellent. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. 
hint, hint, producers. Um, but yeah, so find me here on AV Nation TV or AV Dawn anywhere else. All right, very good. Sharath, thank you, sir. Uh, good to see you. Yeah. Um, and your phone book. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. it's always fun talking to everyone in the group uh, such as this. Uh, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, Sharathis Abraham. Twitter is the same, Sharathis Abraham. Uh, if you're in New York City, always happy to catch a cup of coffee. Um, my office is right by Madison Square Garden. Uh, so if anyone is ever in that area, shoot me a text or a LinkedIn message. Happy to come down, show you our office, uh, and then you know give you some of the kombucha that's available on tap here. I will, I will take the coffee. I will let you have the kombucha. Nice. Unless we're going down to K Street, in which case I will take, I'll do it then, Catch. only with some, some bagogi. There you go. Um, although I will be down in your neck of the woods uh, in about a month or so. Uh, Polly opened up a space down there. and um, we'll Right, right, right by my office. Yeah, yep. close to here. Yep. Uh, apparently it's right across from Madison Square Garden somewhere. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Norris, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people connect with you or sure? Indeed. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Joel Norris there on LinkedIn. Or if you have any product security questions, you can always reach to uh, product security at sure.com. I see you there, Don, with the uh, MV7 mic there. That's great. Uh, or you can reach out to me on support, support at sure.com. I'm on that uh, sort of email list. Or if I'm at a trade show, Infocom, I usually will work the booth there. So just uh, tap me on the shoulder and we can talk anything tech or AV or networking or security. Or bears. Just for or the bears. Yeah. He's also a bears fan. <laughs> I just want to point that out there. Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you, guys. Uh, don't follow me on the Twitters, but go to the website, avnation.tv. It's avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others, including Dawn's aforementioned AV Social. Also, our buddy Matt Scott talks residential AV on a weekly basis with uh, Resi Week and a whole lot more. Uh, also, uh, we had our very first uh, Aviation Fuse party at the Ice Bar uh, at Infocom. This is our uh, the Aviation uh, end user. Uh, um, in-house integrator, uh, IT manager, AV manager group. It's a place for you guys to kind of come and commiserate and uh, talk and share secrets, share problems, share whatever. Uh, we're going to be doing some special things uh, with that group uh, coming up uh, down the pipeline. And actually, I will be in Chicago, Joel, uh, with that group in August. We'll be letting you know some more about that. So go to fuse.avnation.tv uh, if you want to join that group. So thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>